Hi everyone, this is Alexander with another podcast episode for the Influential Executive. Today is a special episode with Simon Standard. Simon, he's a bit sooner in his journey of building a new business. So far we interviewed many people who have already built their brand, who are already underway for a while. And here's Simon. Simon is one of our coaching clients and he's been building his organization for exactly 10 and a half months now. Now why did I ask Simon to be interviewed? It's because I think it is particularly interesting to hear what it takes to start an organization from nothing. Any of you listening now who are currently working a job, thinking about quitting the job or starting your own business, chances are that Simon's lessons will teach you much more than somebody who's already been doing business for 10, 20 years, simply because Simon is on the same awareness level right now. So this interview, we're going to speak about which choices he made in those first 10 and a half months. Where did he put his priorities? Which business lessons did he learn? Many interesting things came up that usually people don't talk about that much. Obviously, this episode is sponsored by my latest venture, the Win Mastermind. This is my purpose, is to connect purpose-driven entrepreneurs, to work closely together, to create value, help each other move forward, solve each other's biggest problems, leverage each other's biggest opportunities. We demonstrate that givers are winners. That's it for now. Enjoy the episode with Simon Standard. Simon, welcome to the Influential Executive Podcast. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. <laughs> How many podcast interviews have you done so far? Oh, I have done exactly none <laughs> at all. Uh, yeah, this is the first one. I'm honored to be the first one. <laughs> I'm very excited about this interview because I see it as a small experiment. Instead of speaking to people who have already had certain successes, who've been uh, entrepreneurs or building their brands for 10, 20 years, here you are. And this is a different story because how long have you been working on creating Yes Academy so far? Uh, well, officially you could say from September last year. So we're speaking about 10 and a half months. Yes, exactly. And that's... And I would even say that within that, in a uh, three, maximum three days week capacity, because there's quite some other tasks uh, in, my, uh, in my package, let's say, because I still, even though I am see myself as an entrepreneur within this framework i am an employee so that also is a bit of a difference with a with a normal entrepreneur let's say exactly you're you're starting a new branch uh, of the organization where you act as an entrepreneur but it's the organization that gives you the space to move around to build the business what i particularly like about this conversation is that this is real. This is the real world. This is what starting out is about. And how I know you, because we worked together in the past and we've done a six-month coaching program together where you uh, came out as a winner in the closing quiz. 
And what I really like about your way of working is that you're very conscientious about things. You think about things before you take action. So I'm curious to hear more about this 10 and a half month journey so far. Just to sketch some context, can you tell us more about what this Yes Academy is that you're setting up and why this is regarded a completely new organization? Okay, so I first in a very short way introduce the, the broader organization that I work for, which is Yes. Uh, and Yes is, an, uh, is, a, is a youth organization working in uh, three bigger cities in Belgium. So that's Brussels, Ghent and Antwerp. And what we do is create an environment for young people to strengthen themselves, to develop themselves, to empower them. We do that in loads of different ways. I'm not going to go into all of them now, but that's the main thing we try to do. And what Yes Academy is, well, we've been doing this for 30 years, working with young people in an urban environment, trying to create space where they can become... Uh, stronger, take their life into their own hands, uh, see what their next steps are. Um, and we've got quite some experience and expertise by doing this for 30 years in many different ways, by doing street corner youth work, by having uh, recording studios, by doing training and education for uh, young people without education or background, lots of different things. Uh, and we have been lots or very often asked can you share your expertise with us? By people within the sector, but also totally without. Also the private sector, also the government sector. Okay, how do we work with these young people? You seem to be doing it uh, so easily. How does it work? We now decided we want to consciously spread our expertise with external professionals, uh, because like that we can reach more people by supporting other organizations in doing what we do well. And that's what Yes Academy is about. It is a new part of the organization, supporting other organizations in what we do best, working with young people in an urban environment. So if I understand correctly, Simon, with Yes Academy, you are going to sell information. You're going to sell knowledge. And that's something that is intangible. What have you learned over the past 10 and a half months about what it takes to sell information? Mm. If I can, I would even like to go one step back. I think we are selling more than information. We are, uh, what we're selling is experience. And that's quite different. Um, because information is the, the first step you get and, and that you can spread and it's very good and it's, you really need knowledge, you need information to get started. But how do you really apply it? How do you go into practice and do this? I think that's what we want to sell. And for that you need more than just, because information can be carried in a book or in a, in a, in a blog or in a web course or in a, but if you want to, do something in your own practice, look, how can I apply this? Then we think we have several formats for that. And the formats we want to give are training, are walks where you go into our practice, walk with us, and we give you uh, a taste of what it's like to be on the, in the streets with the young people or to, to present you our work. 
we do talks where we do short inspiration or we do advice and coaching which really goes next level on your situation and that's like four different things which i think are needed if you want to sell and work with uh with experience with really using that experience because just information is is not enough does that make sense it makes a lot of sense so what you're saying is information it only becomes valuable when you apply it in real life and it's this application that people also need support with in order to really get the results they're looking for yes and also because most of the information because of course we will also provide quite some information but actually if i'm honest i think only 10% of the information that we provide will be new to lots of people. It's a lot about how to apply this so that it really works, how to do this in your context. Uh, I, I'm talking about something very simple now, which is not simple at all, uh, building trust. We're talking about building trust with young people, but if you look at it, building trust with an employee in a, in a, in a, in a context manager uh, employee how do you build trust with someone yeah trust is important yeah of course because then you have more psychological safety your team will work better and everything goes well and that's logical but how do you do that what does trust really mean which steps can you take from day-to-day -day actions until more long-term strategies because trust is something you really need before you can try and start working on someone's personal developmental process and try to see where they want to go and support them in this and do something with them. And so for that, you really need something more than just information. That's, that's the basic idea. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And, and you're saying many outside organizations have come to us uh, with questions uh, to learn from us. Can you share, can you share some examples of, what type of questions they approach you with? Mm. Sometimes, uh, now I'm talking very much in, in our context, um, is, uh, okay, there are certain target groups, certain young people that you reach all the time with your organization. We have a great offer with our organization, but we never see them. We cannot reach them. We don't know where they are. We don't know what to do those kind of questions. Then we have the like people from outside of youth work and it can be uh, the, the civil guard or it can be the police or it can be the library assistant. Lots of lots of semi-public spaces are full of young people uh, wanting to do what they do, claiming their space. And there are other people around with a different function than being a youth youth worker, but not having a clue how to constructively interact with someone else. Or maybe they do have a clue, but because they have such a different perspective and such a different task, they look at young people with such a different eyes that they come with questions to us. Okay, so how do you actually start talking with young people? How do you get them engaged? How do you keep them engaged? How do you um, know what they want how can you involve them in participatory processes and 
the interesting thing is that each question we get, you can apply to young people, but you can actually apply it to people in general. Um, because people often come here for communication, feedback, uh, group building, lots of different things specifically connected to working with young people or young, young people at risk sometimes. Uh, and actually all the things we do are applicable in real life in any human interaction. Uh, how do you interact with other human beings is, uh, is actually the, the business we're in. Yeah. Yeah. Is there some significant difference between interacting with uh, mature adults and youth? In terms of like how far the brain is developed or you yes. know what I mean? Like, uh, Definitely. Um, well, what, what you say is a, is, a, is a first very clear distinction is simply the, the neurological and psychological development of a, of a young person is not the same as that of an, as that of a, an adult. For instance, the, like, uh, the, the teenage brain, uh, simply has the, I think that the prefrontal cortex is this, this part which like controls your, uh, impulses and, and the things, uh, which one, like you want to take extreme action. You want to explore your limits, see what you can do, uh, your prefrontal cortex goes oh, oh oh but wait is it a smart idea let's rationalize this should i really make this choice or should i should i do something so dangerous that prefrontal cortex i think is less than 50 percent developed uh, when you're when you're 14 years old and so that's kind of that's one of the things that we say in, in some of our courses that's uh, it's our jobs as youth workers to be young people's prefrontal cortex sometimes uh, so, of course, when someone is not seeing any limits in anything they do and making every, emo every decision purely based on emotion in a certain stage, then you communicate with them in a different way than with an adult. On the other hand, I do think that lots of things are very similar. When you talk about what I just said before, when you talk about building trust, when you talk about... Um, feedback, respect, communication, appreciation of people and what an influence it has on uh, like what the grounds for learning are, how, how you have to build connection before you can share a learning process together or uh, start doing some personal development. I think those are things which are the same for young people as they are for adults. Uh, but yes, there are some differences. Yeah. What I uh, found, find particularly interesting about the launch of Yes Academy is that it is born out of a specific need. So companies and people coming to Yes asking for a specific form of support. Now, one topic that I'm particularly interested in is the topic of purpose. For me, anything I do, it must have a purpose. And any business I create, even any business I help, I need to understand which bigger purpose it serves. Because if we're just in it to create more stuff, or if we're just in it to win some margin somewhere, then I lose all my motivation. For me, it's about creating a better world. And what I find that many entrepreneurs uh, make as a mistake is they... They think of something they think the world needs. They start creating it and then turns out there's no demand. 
I, I believe that's the number one reason why startups fail, some research shows, is because they create something that nobody wants. And now here it is turned around. People actually ask for this support and now you are here to fulfill it. What have been some of the biggest successes over the past 10 and a half months? Did you already manage to make clients enthusiastic about what you're doing? Did you already manage to make your first sales? Where are you at right now? Mm -hmm. mm, I uh, think um, the biggest concrete success up until now would be um, that we did, I guess you would call it kind of a kind of a seed launch or something like that, but we, we called it a just like a, a test training course uh, for our ideal target group. So we, we kind of collected, um, we did a brainstorm. Okay, what, who are the people that we think would mostly benefit from what we have? I'm now talking about just a small piece of what we will offer in the future, but it will be a training course with the basics of what we have to offer, the things that bind us, what do you need to know about young people? How do you interact with young people? How do you create an environment where young people can strengthen themselves? Like that's the three big basic core things of what we do in our organization. So we thought that's what we got to start with. And if we get more questions coming from that, we can elaborate on it. Um, and so we have a two day training course and we contacted uh, very very diverse organizations because our target group were any professionals who come into contact with young people and want to actively engage and work with them that's it nothing more specific than that so that means you get police officers teachers youth workers people who work in the um, i don't know how they're called in english the you have the social services, but you also have the services who help people finding jobs. Um, so employment services, I guess you would maybe, maybe you would say um, street corner workers, uh, some people who are the, doing our managers of the civil guard. And we targeted this, within these organizations, the people who are responsible for training and education in their organization. Um, because those are the ones who would be later maybe or maybe not booking trainings or uh, gathering them and they did a two-day training course with us and on the one hand they provided us with very valuable feedback what works what doesn't work for them but what came out great is that and that was the ambition of the project that bringing these very diverse groups of people back but who have together i mean but who have a common need creates a very fertile learning ground Simply, we have our input to give, but everyone who's there is also a resource and, and people can learn from each other. And looking at the same issue or problem or thing you do well, together with someone who's in a totally different context, but has a similar need than yours, is simply very productive. And they, uh, on the one hand, complimented us on, on doing that and creating that, but also simply we're able to help each other a lot. And, and that concept uh, um, will now be the, the first thing we, we do in, in open way, but we also already got some uh, from 
two or three from the participants uh, have written them an official. Mm, I'm very sorry. How do you say offerte in English? I'm a price quote. A price quote. Great. I learned something new today. Uh, so um, we we wrote out several price quotes for uh, continuing that work and doing it with more of their colleagues uh, based only on that seed launch. So there's concrete results in terms of business, but there's also concrete results in terms of getting feedback from the people you really want it from. Because to be clear, this was not the first test we did. We first did that with different test audiences, uh, which we thought we could gather more quickly and we would get very quick feedback from and it would work well. But because they were not the people we intended to work with in the end, the feedback was that much less relevant to what we wanted to do. And, uh, and that really worked uh, well. And I think that's for me the biggest success up until now. Yeah. Brilliant. Well done. You know, the way I, I look at the world and conversations is I always look at uh, context. And in the meantime, I look at the underlying patterns, so the process. And mm -hmm. if I understand correctly, what you've been doing in this first 10 and a half months is you've been doing a series of tests, as you call them, or experiments. Mm -hmm. So you haven't been designing your perfect product and creating it and then bringing it to market. If I understand correctly, you focused on which test can we start with? What is the first step, the first experiment that we can do to learn more or see what works? Did I hear that correctly? <clears throat> yes. I mean, that's, I think this is one of the three things I've been doing, but it's just the most visible one. Next to that, we're also working on a path towards some promo and branding, which we simply have not made public yet, but that means like uh, getting some graphic design done on the on, on what the logo will look like and what the website will look like and uh, thinking on how we will engage on social media and because all of that has not happened yet, but we're working on it. One part is also gathering within the organization because I'm working in an organization with uh, 120 employees who all have their expertise and who all in the long term will be able to share their expertise through that Yes Academy so I also have some internal uh, branding and, uh, and, and kind of uh, ownership building to, to do. And, and that's another path uh, we're all working on is, is getting internally the brand of Yes Academy sold that people realize, okay, this is something new. We've always been really, really close to young people and we want to stay close to young people. But there's this new way that we're now clearly heading. We also want to support others in doing well what we do well. And that's that's a new thing. It's people, it's and people have to get on board with that. People have to um, see what are my ideas, what can I do within this. Um, where, so that also has been happening at the same time. But then for this third phase, we can, as you said, we did the Yes Academy is starting. We don't want to wait three years developing stuff and then throwing it on. We have to start as soon as possible with something. So we thought, okay, what can we start with? Let's start what we have in common because we do so many different things and that's how we look at young people, how we interact with them and how we strengthen them. 
let's put some people together from the organization, some content, let's try it out, let's adapt, let's retry, and that's the first thing we're gonna put on the market. That, that's kind of the, so it's only one of the three bigger things that we're doing, and, but that did happen quite like you said it. Of course, at a certain point, you do decide not everything is constantly being tested. You sometimes decide, okay, this and this and this, we definitely want in. It will be in it and it will be done that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. cool. Very powerful. And this is directly related to the lean startup method that Eric Ries described, where he explains now the way to figure out what works is to simply do it as fast as possible, have a minimum viable product, see what feedback you get, see how the market responds, and then adapt. And that way you follow up with versions of your product, of your service very fast, and every version will be better, significantly better than the previous one. And maybe a very short addition to what we've been doing in the, in the, in the last period, or what is still to come, is we're also in an organization, it's not that before September last year, there was no expertise sharing in this organization. These questions were already there and we were reacting to them already for many years and we have some offers and we have some structures and trainings and lots of things. Also gathering those and putting them into a framework so we can keep offering the quality that we're already offering is also part of the process. Um, but there we still have to figure out what keeps its place, where it had its place, what has to change, what has to fit somewhere else. Yeah, I can imagine yeah. some organization needs to be done around that. Yeah. If you zoom out and look back over the past 10 and a half months, which business lessons or entrepreneurship lessons have you learned that you'd like to pass on to everybody listening? I don't know if that's already a lesson, but something I... Uh, I realize and I'm really, really grateful for and that I'm, uh, I'm having this, this practice ground within an organization to do, do something I believe in, but with the support and with the comfort that I have some time to establish it. And I really feel that this time is also really needed because everything goes slower than I expected to go. Um, from something as simple as designing a website and a logo. Uh, the first meeting I had with the, with the graphic design company, we had a great talk for, for half an hour, the whole concept, everybody understood, everybody was enthusiastic, and we'll get a first offer by, by next week. Okay, let's go. And then next week, the offer was not there, and then there's the Christmas holidays, and then there's some more stuff, and then one month later, the first offer comes and it's something very different than what I had in mind. And actually, I thought we were totally on the same line. And then it took, I think, two more months of emailing back and forth before getting something which you're both happy about and goes in the same line. And that's, yeah, it's a, I think it is very normal. It's, it's a normal process. But things take time. And... Uh, it's, it's something as simple as you, you think it will be done two weeks to one month. Let's give it some stretch. But then it takes three and a half, or maybe it was even four and a half. It was also not a huge priority. If 
if it would be then it, it, it we would have pushed it further but I, I think and I saw that in many ways in many things uh, the same as let's do loads of these seed launches and, and, and do it for many products at the same time. Yeah, if you want to go for quality, focus your attention on the most important thing and really go for that. And that, that, that I, I feel is, is really important. It's, um, hmm, I have to think a bit more, what would I say? Yeah, it's something I, I'm still learning, but keep keeping your, your, your focus and your attention on this, on this priority and on the thing you're doing and fully go for that because there are so many different aspects to to a starting business or or, or anything entrepreneurial that you're doing um, of course you need some different lines to set out and, and and follow up on but having and your promo and branding and the internal uh ownership and the external branding and all your products at the same time and everything it won't work so you really have to make very clear and conscious choices to go for one thing start with that and give it your full attention i think that's the main thing because sometimes it worked and it was very productive and very efficient and sometimes there were so many other things at the same time and then you see that nothing is really getting where it should be and that uh, I, I think that would be probably the main lesson yeah the power of focus yeah it's funny how you mentioned that many things just take more time than you anticipate yeah it's it's something that i keep witnessing also within myself week after week if there's one thing i want to improve upon is i, I want to grow more patient because the time between you figuring out what you want or what you're creating and it actually being there it always takes way more time is my experience mm -hmm. we just overlook all kinds of additional small steps that need to take place or, or emergencies or people becoming distracted and so patience is a big one i learned but nobody talks about it that's why i love you bringing this up yeah totally agree it's a something which you also and it's something you need everywhere it's a the beauty of it, I, uh, my uh, my three-year-old daughter is also very good at teaching me patience. <laughs> so are my cats. Mm -hmm. We have lots of wonderful teachers around us. <laughs> One other big element in uh, building a business, building an organization, is mm -hmm. your vision of where this can go, uh, looking a couple of years ahead. Can you tell me a bit more about the impact that you're looking to make through Yes Academy? The, the main impact that we are looking to make is, um, is actually widening the impact of Yes as an organization. Yes wants to create space for young people to strengthen themselves to develop themselves uh, especially young people in an urban environment 
but we are in three cities in Belgium. That's where we are. That's the work we're doing. And really just scaling that impact to other places, to other sectors where it's maybe a lot more needed, where we're not preaching to the choir, but to people who have never thought about this. I think that's the way to be able to, to simply the, the mission and the vision that we have is yes, to um, try and execute that not only by doing it ourselves, but supporting others in it. And, and that's, uh, that's for me the, the big vision and to, to make that maybe a bit more concrete is uh, if there's uh, a librarian who simply, uh, but not one of them, but a hundred of them uh, across certain cities where we never even work at YES with YES, uh, or there's maybe not our kind of youth work because there's lots of other organizations doing relatively similar youth work to, um, to our youth work services. Um, but not in all places, especially not in, 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 uh, in smaller villages or in, uh, in smaller provincial, provincial towns uh, or in other countries. Um, and if people there start to look at the world from the young people's perspective and try to think with them and not for them, I think that's the impact we want to make. Is, is our way of looking at, at people in general and at young people, especially to see them as, as equal in society to, to everyone else, to really let them claim their space and support them in that, instead of telling them how to do that and what to do and where to do it. And you can do that by very small things, by uh, a librarian or a policeman or how do I approach someone who I see, but also a certain sector. Uh, there's lots of companies who want to attract young people from the cities working for them. And they have no, no clue how to, to reach them. And, and that's, a, that's again, a, it's, a, it's a very different something, but it's also we, we reach certain young people because we start with just being there and asking what they want and going to them and not making something that we believe would be really interesting for them, putting some flyers around and waiting in our house till they come to us. That's not what we do. And this way of thinking, let's ask what they want, let's support them in how they want to develop. If we can spread that, that would make me extremely happy. Yeah. Very cool. Very powerful. I love how you bring up the let's work with them instead of speak at them. Mm -hmm. or about or around or yeah i happen to know that you're also into gestalt coaching is that something that you do uh, from a professional point of view or did it start from a personal interest a um, bit of both uh, what, what i do from a professional you is I, uh, I I I did some uh, some training. That's I think what I talked to you about on uh, on Gestalt coaching. Um, it bears some relationship to um, facilitating processes of experiential learning, which is something I I, uh, I do and did from uh, as a as a professional. Um, and it's um, 
On the one hand, uh, to say it very short, uh, the basics of experiential learning are that you're not just learning by doing, but if you experience something, you need to emotionally reflect on this. You, there's some feelings part that you can explore. You have to abstract, get something out of this, get some lessons which you can use in a broader context, an abstraction phase, some findings which you get, and you need to apply this in a new context or in a different way. How can I use this when I do this again? Or how, how can I use it in a different context? And then integrate this, and that's how you learn. Four steps. I think about any more advanced learning theory follows these same four steps in some way, so circular process. Um, but to, to the way you guide this process in experiential learning, and which is also very much a gestalt principle, is very much being in the here and now. Is, uh, is working from what is happening now with the person you're working with, with your coachee or with the young person or with your, um, but not only with them, also with you as a, as a coach or as a trainer or as a youth worker and what's happening in the interaction between you and the young person, between the young person and the context and always start from there. Let's not go too much into the past or into the future or into let's work with what's here and now. And by focusing on that learning will happen if you are conscious of what's happening and work with it and go into a personal development process from there. Um, and that is something which I got very interested in as a, as a youth worker. How, how do you do this with groups and how do you use group dynamics and, and certain exercises and reflect on those so that they become a real learning experience and so that you can do something with them. Because the last 20 years when you're talking about team building, there's Hundreds of organizations uh, popped up. Yeah, we do team building. We run up a mountain together and now we're a team. And it can be very fun, but just by doing something together doesn't necessarily mean it's productive at all. So something which has been extensively researched can also be very counterproductive to do lots of fun stuff together with your working team. Um, when are you learning is if you can reflect if you can abstract some things out of that and if you can really talk about and think how can we apply this in the context that we really work together and in guiding these processes from a moment when it's really happening that's what experiential learning is about that got me very interested in gestalt from a professional perspective then there's I'm, I know it's very long, but I'm still answering to your question. Yeah, I've, I find it very interesting. This, this is about learning, and learning is the most important thing there is in life. And then there's the, the, the personal part is, is of all this here and now, is the, all the traditions of, of awareness, of being connected to yourself and to others, um, which you can find in the, in the more spiritual things in, in meditation, in uh, awareness training and all those kind of things uh, are also very present in, in Gestalt uh, and in the way of interacting with people uh, and in how they look at learning and personal development and, and they work a lot with the, the paradox of change. The, if you want to change, you will never be able to, to change. If you're 
at ease with what you are now and if you try to be more of what you already are that's when change will happen which is a very paradoxical thought but uh, it, uh, I very much do believe in it uh, in, in being in the here and now and just being here will make you change even though it's the opposite of what you would think change is about yeah um, something I only realized since since a year or so really deeply that change and personal development is not as much as moving towards something you want it's more of letting go things that you thought belong to you but they don't for instance yeah and, and so that that's maybe the, the more personal motivation for going in that direction and then to also answer the question i am professionally not a gestalt coach at all <laughs> it's a yeah. uh, it's something I, I, um, I, in my path on, on my personal and professional development, which really interested me and which I still will be working with in the future, uh, I think also in, 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 in coaching context, but it is very relevant in any way you work with people and in the way I work and am with myself. So that's where my interest in that came from. And it's very connected to experiential learning and, and guiding those processes. Uh, and that is something, uh, I'm still in the, the end of the summer running a program uh, on experiential learning for, uh, for part of my colleagues together with, because I'm a kind of more junior trainer there uh, with someone from Outward Bound who are the Outward Bound School is the, I think, the, the world leading organization on uh, facilitating experiential learning. Cool. What does the word gestalt mean? It's a German word, um, and it. Uh, I now would have to look up the exact translation, but the, I think the closest you can get is is something close to like an uh, of an image or uh, 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 something like that, like a, a form, a certain form or or shape, is gestalt. And why is that, uh, is that word there is because we are our, like our mind has something which it always wants to put things into a certain shape. It wants to finish off things. So I, um, it can be something very sim simple. Yeah. I, I have in my head that I still have to buy this, uh, because I want to make dinner tonight. And that's a, it will be a gestalt and it's not, the gestalt is not finished until I have written it on my to-do list in my case. But it's also possible that I keep it in my head all day long and it keeps disturbing other things which come to the foreground in, in, what I, in my awareness. It keeps disturbing because this gestalt is not finished. Because I still want to be able to finish the form. This is now a very, very small concrete example. But like this, many things can come to can come forward in your awareness and disturb you, or 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 maybe they don't disturb you, but they they come up all the time and you don't know why, and you want to further explore that. Um, and that's where the term, as I as as far as I understood it, comes from. But to be clear, I am not at all an expert on this. I, I followed an introductory introductory course on it. Um, 
but that's like the basic meaning just of the word yeah not of the whole movement and the whole uh, yeah. methodology behind um, but yeah shape or word shape or form is kind of a gestalt interesting interesting <laughs> Before we move to the to the last round, the rapid fire question round, I have one question for you. What triggered you to uh, start working on personal development? I know that this is one of your interests. Has it always been like this, or has there been a certain trigger at some point that made you realize, you know what, my education doesn't stop when I leave school? It's not a precise or direct answer to your question, but it's it's the the most relevant and most intuitive thing that that jumps into my mind is uh, the the first international exchange um, that I was a part of as a as an organizer as a I was still very young I was 18 years old and I was uh, supposed to be facilitating a group of young people. Um, playing music for two weeks. It was a big international exchange uh, using music, juggling, uh, lots of different kinds of arts as methods for personal development. So I have a group of people, think 15, okay, work with them for two weeks and uh, just do some music and, uh, and, and do some reflection and do some personal development with them. And I was invited there because they saw me playing some music and they knew I liked groups. And they said, don't you want to do it? I said, yeah, sure. I won't tell you the whole story. What do I want to say is at a certain point, I'm working with the group on teaching people rhythms on percussion instruments. And for one person, it worked great if I would say, they would understand it. For other people, I would need left, right, left, right, left, left, left. I, I would need to say the words. Other people needed to just look at me and preferably that I would be totally quiet. I would just be playing for five minutes and they try their own thing and I don't need to tell them anything. Other people, I needed to really hold their hands because then they could feel how the rhythm felt. And it was the first time that I, in a very practical way, was confronted with learning styles and with people learn in such different ways and they have totally different needs for learning the exact same thing and that even doing some of the one trying one style with someone who needs another one can be very contraproductive even because they're totally confused when you say right left left right what's left right i i just need yeah. to even see you man don't do that And then we also got the chance to, to reflect on those, on those things and, and, and make a link to personal development with that. And that's really when I knew, okay, apart from, from playing music, just guiding people's learning processes and trying to understand what helps people make a next step in their learning process and how to use the group as a resource for that, how to interact as a, as, a, as a facilitator or a trainer with the group and looking for the right way to do that, that really caught me on facilitating personal development. And then my own personal development was, was a very big part of that at the same time. That's why it's only 
like half answering your question, but that they're definitely my, my passion for, uh, for facilitating personal development came, came from. That was the first time that I really realized, whoa, this is interesting and it has such a big impact how you do that stuff. And this is the same, not only for learning a rhythm, but for anything you, you exchange and do. And later in the week, we came to see that there were huge impacts on, on being confident of yourself, how to speak in front of a group, on uh, some people who almost never say something to a group were doing uh, four-part harmonies uh, after the, at the end of the two weeks. Uh, so it was a really strong experience for me to do. And there really, I think... It's not the reason, but it's the first trigger for my passion for uh, working with personal development. Yeah. Cool. It's a great story. Rapid fire question round. This is the final round. And this is a special round where I ask you to answer every question or sometimes I just say one word with just one word. Okay. So it's about association. Don't think too much. Whatever comes up in your mind. Yeah. That's your answer. There we go. First one, leader. Me. Creativity. Music. Team. System. Coach. Peer. Freedom. Created. That was kind of one word. <laughs> what was that word? Create it. It was two words. Create it. Cool. Spirituality. Everywhere. Sports. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> it's my first association uh, as in, uh, I uh, finally in the last years have been doing some sports and enjoying it very much yeah it's uh, what you get when uh, two little ones enter your life I guess well yeah the, I have to admit that the last half a year is was a was a bit of a down again but uh, I'm, I'm climbing back up nice nice what is the purpose of life being the best self-help book that you know of that's a hard one but i think it's most fresh in my mind the the one you advised to me we already talked about is uh, soul for happy by uh, mo goddard soul for happy yeah it's uh it's a, i think it's uh, it has some some very very nice principles and I might, I would also, the things I read more recently, think of some Brene Brown books, but I, I think Soul for Happy is, is a very nice summary of, but you, you, I think, I do think you need more and wider experience and reading. It's, it's kind of a summary of lots of things. Yeah, that's right. It's very enjoyable for reading. Yeah. What is your favorite spare time hobby? Playing guitar. What's currently on top of your bucket list? I really honestly don't have one. And I 
yeah, don't know. Clear? Final question. What is the most inspirational movie that you like to recommend to everyone listening? Whew. Hard question again. Uh, I uh, probably would think about something else, but maybe related to something we were saying about uh, awareness and being in the here and now. I just, I'm not sure about the title. I'm, I think it is called The Time Traveler's Wife. That's definitely a movie, but I'm now hoping it's not the other movie. Try it out. The Time Traveler's Wife. We're going to stick with that one for now. Hopefully it's, it's not a really bad one and another one than the one I mean. But. Cool. Cool. We'll see. Thank you very much. Simon, where do people go yes. who say, yes, Academy, I want to stay in touch. Simon, he seems to know what, I, what he's talking about. Or, I want to understand more about working with youth, coaching them, strengthening them. Where can listeners go to stay in touch with you? At the moment, that is still uh, yes, but to be clear, because I did not point that out yet, yes is with a J. It's J-E-S, not Y-E-S, uh, dot B-E is our website and um, in September our yesacademy.be uh, website will be launching but it is not online yet uh, and the same you will be uh, you can look for yes visit me that's vwz um, on social media uh, on, on facebook uh, twitter all those things uh, but yes, Academy will also still show up there, but we are not online yet. So that's uh, at the moment, yes, or uh, through me. Cool. And uh, are you on LinkedIn? Yes, Simon Standard, A-E-R-T at the end. I will include it in the show notes so that it's easy for everyone to find. Yes, wonderful. Simon, thank you very much for sharing your experience, your wisdom. Very welcome. I had fun. How did you experience your first podcast interview? I am very happy that I survived. Awesome. Well, you did very well. <laughs> no, yeah, I actually, uh, actually enjoyed it. Uh, didn't know what to expect of it. And uh, here we are. We had a, had a nice hour. You definitely did. Thank you. And that's Simon. How cool is it? He used to be an employee. And on paper, he still is. But in this environment, he now gets to build his own organization with the tools provided by his employer. So this is the perfect step in between full employment and starting an own business. I learned a lot in this episode because this is about the actual experience of somebody just starting out. And I love how clearly Simon speaks. I love how conscious he is of his choices, of how he approaches things. This episode was sponsored by Win Mastermind. We unite purpose-driven entrepreneurs to work closely together so that together we can make much more impact much faster than alone. The website is still under construction, but if you want to know more, go to earnmoreworkless.com slash winmastermind. There's a six minute video in which I explain you exactly how this works, 
why this is the first one of its kind in the world and why people are so enthusiastic about it. If you like the interview with Simon, if you want to understand more about youth work, follow his journey with Yes Academy. You heard him. Go to yes.be, so that's J-E-S.be, or find J-E-S-V-Z-W on social media. And of course, you can find Simon himself on LinkedIn. Simon Standard. You'll find the names in the show notes as well. That's it for now. I wish you a beautiful day. Let's all go out and create beautiful things so that together we make the world a little bit of a better place.